0: The state's case is is pretty much laid out. We've pretty much heard the the details of it. Whether there would be any defence from any of the three that are facing charges where they, in theory, could, you know, get on the stand and say they're not guilty, the individual people, that's not going to happen.
1: I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. A jailhouse confession by an inmate claiming that he was the Regency shooter and not Jerry the Monk Hutch was described as a curious development in the murder trial today by lawyers for the state who revealed they disclosed a document to the defence. Crime World understands that the document is in fact a statement made by a convicted criminal to a prison boss in which he says the wrong man is in the dock. The peculiar development is not expected to derail the Regency trial, which the court heard will wrap up within two weeks, although it will have to be investigated. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the twists and the turns of the high-profile trial, about the criminal who says the monk is an innocent man, and about Jonathan Dowdall's ongoing quest for sanctuary from his enemies. This is Crime World a podcast from sundayworld.com. So, back in court this morning, I was on time, you know, quite excited for this all to kick off again. And it was a bit of a damn squabber, so it looked, anyway, in the beginning.
0: Yeah. I mean, nothing... Obviously, there was very limited copy coming out. It looked like just one of those days that you do get when you go to court when there's these... a bit of legalese, and then it all falls apart. But... That may yeah,
1: not so be the we, case. Well, when we went in, they said that there had been, you know, a curious development overnight as such that um, there had been some sort of a document given to. Well, Brendan Graham, senior counsel who represents Hutch, said that it concerned his client. But there was no explanation given to it. And then they sort of discussed how the trial, as we predicted, was going to last another two weeks ish. That um they have a few bits to clean up as regards, I think, CCTV, a couple of witnesses um, and I think possibly uh, one of the other two co-accused has something to bring in like a defense. And then they talked about the summing up statement. So that was kind of it. And then it was three witnesses were heard who went back over their role in the gathering of CCTV, three Gardaí. Um So that was it. And. Off we went. But I was curious about what this curious development was and what the what the note was, you know.
0: Yeah, it was described as uh, something falling out of the sky um yeah. by, by 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 uh
1: the defence barrister. So Yeah. So anyway, I found out. Um I made some some uh communication, shall we say, with some sources of mine within the um the prison system. We'll we'll say no more than that, but um you know, it appears that a prisoner, a convict, has made some sort of a jailhouse confession, claiming that he was the gunman at the Regency and Jerry Hutch wasn't the gunman and that the wrong man is in the dock. I mean bizarre to say the least.
0: Yeah, it's just again the the, the regency trial whenever you think it's 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 gonna settle into a kind of boring uh court case something exciting happens and um, it's certainly like uh i suppose there's a couple of things to look at it like when when these trials do go on um you do get people sometimes it's not unheard of across the world for people to confess to them when they're generating that amount of of publicity is is that fair to say um but it seems to be quite a a man has come forward he's in the prison system and um, he's from north dublin and has a number of serious convictions uh we're not going to discuss his name um but he would be would not have been suggested as as
1: the regency beforehand and uh yeah he's not he's definitely not a suspect i i have heard the name i just we're not going to go into it here for for the purpose of the podcast but he certainly never been named in regards to a suspect for the Regency Hotel, or been anywhere near the kind of investigation. Um, so, a, a, an odd one, and uh, I believe that he's made a statement to the governor of Port Leach Prison in in relation to what he claims, like it's in in relation to this sort of confession. Yeah, um, but. It doesn't seem to be from the impression we got in court today, it looks as if it kind of be settled in that. I don't think Jerry Hutch's legal team are going to make a big deal of it. And I don't think the prosecution are going to make a big deal of it. But they did disclose it yesterday or within the last 24 hours, um, presumably because from a legal point of view, if this thing is sitting there and they didn't disclose it and you know if there was a conviction or anything like that that could be used i imagine in an appeal if they didn't know about it yeah i mean i think you know
0: somebody confesses to a, a crime like 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 murder i mean it will have to be investigated properly uh that is just the nature of it like you can't have even if the if there's skepticism
1: or something like that it'll still have to be gone through um it's it's you know from will that go back then to Ballymon it'll have to go back to the Ballymun investigation team for them to investigate if there's any truth in it or not of course and then instantly they look at
0: alibis and you know the movements of the person who's who's made this confession and um, you know which which would something like that could instantly rule something out but it will have to be investigated properly i suppose it also highlights a, a part of the case against Jerry Hutch where we're being told very clearly he's part of this this hit team, but what he is, who he is of the 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 six people involved, it's not clear that the, the state are saying he's one of the guys dressed as the ERU or the driver or that hasn't at, at least at this point, it's not been made clear. So that could also some something like this could sort of throw that into, you know, it could it could be an issue in that saying what what are we actually saying Jerry did personally do and, and physically but obviously um you know it's not this has been disclosed to the defence but it's not something that they've let on as far as I could see from 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 today's proceedings or but it does it's it just shows you when when these trials, these really high profile trials, you know, you were going in this morning predicting a day, a couple of couple of weeks of boredom till you get to the, the crunch of it.
1: Yeah, I'm still predicting that now. I do think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, you know, a long haul, even though it's only two weeks. Like, I think um, definitely the most interesting thing we're going to hear next are those closing speeches. I don't think what will happen in between unless, you know, either uh, Paul Murphy or Jason Bonney can pull something out of the hat and have something of interest in their defense. Um, but I don't think that, you know, they seem to be talking about before Christmas, uh the judge, uh, Justice Tara Burns, did ask them for a bit of a timeline, and they said at that point three weeks. But now they're saying today they said two weeks. So whatever was causing the three weeks has now been cut to to two. So is is this a week? You know, I know we're starting halfway through, and we had what Galan described as a false start this morning because we were in and out of court within twenty minutes really today. Yeah, but I mean, look, it is,
0: this is a, sig- still a significant disclosure, I suppose, in a, in a sense. I mean, I know that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, even if this guy was to be telling the truth, it wouldn't automatically mean Jerry was found, not, Jerry Hutch was found, not guilty. But it just, it just shows you that these, these, I uh, mean, we've had a couple of this, these kind of late last minute moments in this trial, which often don't happen at all in murder trials. I know they happen in, uh, American TV on a on a regular basis, where surprise witnesses pop up out of nowhere, and but we had a couple. We've had obviously even Jonathan Dowdle himself. Um, you know the case was brought even before he was made known as a witness. So we have had it in this, and it it it's, you know, it is a very unusual development. Um, for people to come forward, uh, and obviously the person in in question is in prison and is a serious criminal. Um, so you have to. Maybe it does have to be treated with some degree of 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 uh, seriousness, but an amazing development, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you were if you were watching a series, it'd be series two, episode six or something, wouldn't it? <laughs> it and it would take it up would. that bit and whatever, and it might seep into the preceding episodes. But uh, anyway, that's as far as we can we can go with it. I don't know whether um, in the morning they will. You know, discuss any of this in court. I imagine not, given that the uh, it doesn't look as if Hutch's legal team are going to make a big thing out of it. But um, nonetheless, they'll be back onto the CCTV, I think, tomorrow and any other bits to tie up. Today, just the three little pieces of evidence were um, about CCTV taken in Amy Street, one of them. Um, another one was a piece of CCTV that was taken in. Uh, in the March of 2016 in the city. And then the third bit was just the the guard who was the exhibits officer. So there's a you know a guard on the investigation team is the guy who keeps a note of everywhere the CCTV moves. You know so do you know where the evidence is, I suppose, when you come to trial and who has handled it and where it's come from, etc. He had taken a holiday uh, during during the course of the investigation and somebody had taken over him and he had to come back into court to give the evidence. I mean, that's the level of kind of, um, you know, it's not sensational, is it? You know, he was just confirming that he had been on his holidays and that he'd handed over his, uh, you know, the exhibits officer role to somebody else. And then when he came back, he took it back. So that was it today. And um not such a full courtroom, actually. There was a bit of space there today. I'm sure anybody who came to uh, to spectate was disappointed, given that there was so little going on. But, um, you know, look, we'll we'll see where it goes for the rest of the week. Yeah, but I think you, you
0: can see that we are in the end game that there probably I mean, look, we're saying there's a big shock today, but there probably isn't going to be a great deal of of further shocks. The state's case is is pretty much laid out. We've pretty much heard the, the details of it. Whether there be any defence from any of the three that are facing charges where they in theory could, you know, get on the stand and say they're not guilty, the individual people, that's not gonna happen. Um so there may be a very limited defense or almost none at all. Um so you are approaching the end game, and then it'll just be as the state puts through the tries to put through the jigsaw of, of confirming these, you know, making the case that these people are guilty and how the defence try and pick off those pieces of the jigsaw and say that that piece doesn't fit. So that's
1: really what you're left with. um. But a jailhouse confession, you know? Yeah, I mean, you just don't get it every day. I wonder how Jonathan Dowdall got on over Christmas.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, look, I mean, he's, is he, signed up to the
1: witness protection program now. don't know. Wasn't there some story going around that he was uh, having difficulty getting a country to accept him? I know it wasn't in our own publication, but um, I think actually it was Mick Doyle wrote it and he's a a very good measured journalist. So um, you can see why that would be a problem. Like there's so many of them, there's five of them looking for reaccommodation.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously the way you know it better than me, but the, you know, the two countries, nobody's obliged to take a a witness under those conditions, but different countries do deals to swap people on witness protection. For example, you know, somebody from the US could end up in Ireland, and so, as a result, there's a channel there where an Irish person could end up in the US. Um, but they will all be assessed individually on the basis of risk. Also, is this person a serious criminal or not? You know, very you know, people may be willing to take countries, may be willing to take a guy who's an innocent man who's spotted, you know, just happened to come across something on a murder where they might be less inclined to take somebody with very serious convictions for violent crime. So it just shows you it's, um, you know. I
1: kind of reckon that it's much more a statistics based thing, you know, and I think that a lot of people who go on witness protection, there's only a limited amount that would be allowed in, like the most popular destination is going to be the States. And, there's, you know, our Australia and there's only a limited amount that of witness protection from Ireland, UK, Europe, that the states will take. Canada, the same, Australia, the same. So everybody who goes on wants the same countries, you know what I mean? And they don't they just can't all get it. Um, you know, obviously, England as well. English speaking countries are probably, you know, more likely where we will send ours. And now, having said that, there was some story there over the Christmas about uh, a family in Scotland that were on witness protection from Italy or somewhere like this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they were um, they'd been left like they were housed like in in the middle of nowhere in Scotland. And they they were didn't like it, actually. I think they wanted to be relocated and they were being told, no, you only get one chance. Did you know that they would tell you like that they, they won't help you relocate you again? You only get one chance at it. And you have to settle and you come back and you say I didn't like it there, I want somewhere else. Tough banana. That's the way it is. You can see if you were to take the perspective of Jonathan
0: Dowdle where why you would really want to be signed up and sorted before you go into a court and, and go through all that. But that didn't happen in this case, as we know. And uh look, the state of the, the guards have stood up in court and said he will be looked after and ultimately I you know you have to believe he will be. But um yeah, look. You'd be fair to end up in uh Byron Bay in Sydney than yeah. in the wilds of Scotland, all right? Not that the wilds. But of Scotland I mean, is I'd say booth. it
1: was just himself and his dad for Christmas dinner there. Like, I mean, he's not really mixing with the rest of the population, but the fuck. So the you know maybe he maybe he rested his voice.
0: Yes, well look, he's in there in that wing, and there's a couple of ex-serving guards who are serving lengthy sentences mixed in with him. But yeah, it's 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 you know Christmas somewhere you want to spend Christmas, all right,
1: is it? No, Christmas dinner can often be, you know, a little bit daunting for all of us. But uh, Yeah, at least you're not in Limerick Prison. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, sharing turkey with Mr. Dowdle. Anyway, listen, we'll, um, we'll come back to us, to the Hutch trial, when it is interesting enough for us to to go, for, you know what I mean. We might not be tomorrow. We'll see what the evidence is like tomorrow. If it's not interesting enough, we're not going to bore the pants off people. We'll wait till we have a bit of something meaty to talk about. You know. All right. Do you agree? I agree, Nicola. Not that, not that uh, you
0: ever bore the pants off people.
1: But also, not that you ever disagree. No, no. I, well, like you know, not. Are you, you are you actually like kind of a bit afraid of me? Or what?
0: <laughs> but who wouldn't be, Nicola? You know, <laughs> who wouldn't be. <laughs> I'm just like all. I'm like all Northsiders. A bit, a bit terrified of you landing yeah. over.
1: All right, bye. Bye, bye, bye. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodaminey. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review, or why not download the free SundayWorld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.
0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on,